Have you ever struggled with understanding the Word of God? You're not alone. Let's look at the scriptures together and understand how we can apply biblical principles in our daily lives, right here on the Creekside Podcast. Welcome back to the Creekside Podcast. My name is James, and this is our co-host, Pastor Drew Byers. How are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good. I do want to point out this is not a Creekside Podcast. This is the Creekside Fellowship Podcast. So just for our listeners, uh, it's the Creekside Fellowship Podcast, not that, just a right. podcast. Not so, a podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. with a capital T. That's right. The Creekside If you're looking Fellowship for it on podcast. Apple Podcasts or something, I think that's the only place that it's hosted right now. It's the Creekside Fellowship Podcast. So... Um, that's that. I do, I do think it'd be important for our listeners to uh, just to get to know you maybe a little bit, James. And so maybe uh, just start off today with a fun little uh, a trivia question. If you could be a member of any one band, like musical artist, mm. any band, right? Yeah. You could be a member and play, go on tour with any one band. What band would it be? And what would you play? What instrument would you play? That's an excellent question. And then I heard that on another podcast, and oh, I just stole it. Just yeah, stole just it. stole well, it. We don't so. have to tell anybody that, yeah. although we already have. Yeah. Um, so I like a lot of music. Yeah. Um, I grew up on su- Southern gospel music, um, and then I discovered secular music. I didn't even know there was a thing growing up. Yeah. I thought everybody sang Southern gospel. Right. Um, and so then I, I really dove into... Uh, being from Tennessee, of course, country, sure, rock, um, and then once I found contemporary Christian music, I thought, oh, this is where it's at because it's the, like the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. right? You still have more than just a couple of chord progressions, and then some songs you don't. Right. And then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would have to say, I would just be honest. Michael W. Smith is probably my biggest mm. hero. Uh, absolutely love Michael W. Smith, and I would not care if I was the Towboy. Just, I want to throw him a towel while he's sweating at the piano. I would love to be with Michael W. Smith, Stephen Curtis Chapman, those guys. Yeah. Yeah. My heroes. You want to play the towel? I'll that's, play the towel. That's your I don't even instrument care. Instrument of choice. Yeah. Okay. They don't well, even care. Well, that's, that's I would good. love Michael W. Smith. Yeah. That's, All right. Well, if you're listening, Michael, uh, <laughs> you're welcome on the podcast anytime. Maybe anytime. we can talk about music and talk about the Bible. So, do you want to hear my answer? I would love to hear your answer. I want to play guitar for Boston. Okay. That's what I want to do. So, I know that's not really exciting. I love Boston. I I, I love their music and I think their uh their guitarist, you know, all the all the greats, all the great guitar solos, I feel like I don't know. Get Boston just kind of like encapsulates so much of what was good about guitar solos. Bring back the guitar solo, man. Like I we we've lost it in our we culture. Have. The electric guitar solo, you know, it just yeah. We've lost it. So. Yeah, somewhere along the lines, it just became a couple of notes here and there. That, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So, but anyway, we don't we don't want the uh, Jack Black. What was it? School of Rock, where he did like ten minute guitar solos. That's on all every I, song. That's all I want in. That's life. all you want. That's just all I guitar. want is ten minute guitar solos <laughs> in every song. So, no, that's uh. But I do. I that I think that would be. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That so. would be. I'm not good enough to do that, but no. ideally, if I could, do, if I, I did, could do that, I didn't that's mean to what say I no. to do. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to say you no, don't have the talent. But you're right. Yeah, I, <laughs> I need to practice. So, um, and one time, uh, one time we were, uh, I was had a, I had some friends I was playing music with in college, and um, 
we decided to do a, a cover of uh, of Boston's uh, More Than a Feeling, you know, that mm-hmm. song. And it's, it's got this great guitar solo in the middle with all these little riffs and stuff. And we we learned it in a key, and I learned the guitar solo in a different key. And of then course. we got to play, and we, like, didn't practice before. <laughs> and it was just the worst musical performance in the world. But I still kind of felt awesome. So, of course. Because, you know, because you still got to yeah, play. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun making a fool of myself, yeah. like we're doing now. So Of course. Well, that's what life's all about. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Luke chapter 8. And um, there are a lot of verses in Luke chapter 8, so I don't expect us to read the whole thing. Um, so where would you like to start, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. I want to I want to try to hit on what I think might be the most difficult part for just the common reader to understand, you know, yeah. just like if you're reading through in the morning, and you might come to this part and say, well, what in the world does this mean? Uh, so verse 26, I want to talk about uh, what's called the Gerasene demoniac. Uh, yeah. And uh, this man possessed by demons. So I want to start in verse 26 and read down through verse 39. Okay. So let me start there in Luke 8, verse 26. So the disciples come, and it says in verse 26, They sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, he had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country, and the people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. That's a great scripture, and I'm glad that that's... Out of all of Luke 8, that's what you chose. There's so much stuff packed into this. Um, and, and there's a lot of questions that I have, and I'm sure that our listeners probably have as well when reading this. Um, first of all, the first thing I, I recognize is that, you know, Jesus didn't have, it did, well, it doesn't say that he had a banner that said, hey, Jesus is on this boat. He didn't have, you know, people shouting, it's Jesus. You know, yeah. he literally just got off the boat and this man possessed by demons 
knew yeah. who he was. Yeah, uh, I think this is uh, this is significantly supernatural. Um, so perhaps this man's just waiting for Jesus to get there. I, I think we also need to note in what has just happened in verse uh, verse number twenty six, or excuse me, verse twenty five of chapter eight. Um, it says that Jesus calmed the storm in verse twenty five. He says to his, his disciples, "Where is your faith?" And the disciples were afraid and they marveled saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him? So they are on the way to what's called the Gerasenes, this, this place um, on uh, they're, they're in Israel. They're, they're headed to this place, and Jesus has just calmed the winds and the water, speaking to the natural elements of the world, right? Mm. Commanding the winds and the waves, hey, you obey me. That's right, yeah, I, I'm the one who controls you. You might think you control the boat, but I'm the one that controls you. And I think it's also important to note, um, wind uh, comes from, is the same Greek word as spirit, mm. okay? So uh, pneumatos, I think, is, I think is what it is in the Greek in the proper form. Uh, so the, the wind and the, the spirit is that idea. The Holy Spirit is often described as a wind that blows mm-hmm. through. And the sea in uh, in ancient Near Eastern thought, the sea is the, like the place of the dead. Because you know, you think about in our in our uh, context, you go to the ocean and you look out as far as your eye can see. Um, you know, what's what's beyond that? Well, if you go out that that far, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you know, it's it's certain doom. You know, but you know, that back of the days of Christopher Columbus, you know, certainly uh, believed that you'll sail off the edge of the earth, that whole idea. And so what's in the sea? Well, like dead things are in the sea. Like you die at sea and your body's never recovered, right? right. So you see Jesus talking to the winds and the waves, essentially casting out the, the demons of nature, you know, essentially wow. casting out the, the evil forces from nature and saying, I control you. Then he comes to this place in the text called the Gerasenes. It's called by many different names and different depends on the manuscript that you're reading from. It's all referring to this one particular area that I think is primarily Gentile. It's not primarily Jewish, which I think I think will come into play here in a second. But then Jesus comes to this place, and this guy filled with demons is ready there to meet him, probably because he knows just what's happened. That this guy's just you know this the God Man has just calmed the winds and the waves. He's just spoken to the natural forces and commanded them, and they listened. Now he steps off of the boat, and this man possessed by demons meets him, and there's going to be a confrontation here uh, between this demoniac and the Lord Jesus. And we're going to see who's going to win, You know, who's going, right. to, who's going to be the one who comes out on top. Does that raise any questions or further comment from you? I mean, I think that I've never heard... Uh, that about the wind and the waves. I love that. Uh, that it's it's it goes beyond the natural into the supernatural. Yeah, and it's and I think it's Jesus cleansing, right? He's he's cleansing. He's yeah. casting out the impurities of the winds and the waves. They're no longer chaotic forces that are beyond control. The Lord controls them, and so then He steps onto now. Who controls man? Wow. You know that's 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 the next thing we're coming to. If He controls the winds and the waves. What can he do with mankind? Right. Can he also do work his way with, with man? That's amazing. And so, uh, you you did mention you thought maybe the man was um, there waiting, and it said that he was from the city. And now here we are on the countryside. So do you think that that could have been him coming down before he even got there? 
in that waiting that you were talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it says in verse 27, when Jesus stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. Uh, for a long time, he had worn no clothes. He had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. So I think what we see is this man, he's from the city, right? He's known in the city. Mm-hmm. Like the people in the city know who this guy is, but he's no longer welcome in the city. You know, now he he's he's out in the tombs. Oh, okay. uh, he, he's dwelling in the tombs because he's uh, he, he's crazy. Yeah. You know, he's no longer welcomed by the people. And I mean, if you, if you live in a city... Um, like a, a downtown area, like you know, when I used to, um, I used to live in uh, the former town where I lived. There would be some people who just kind of hung around different places, uh, and we just kind of knew them. We just kind of knew who they were, and kind of maybe knew what their needs were, and maybe you know offered help to them when we could. Um, I, I recall at a former church that I served, uh, there was a guy that we always we always just called him Johnny. And uh, Johnny always came in needing all kinds of stuff, and we just knew about Johnny. We just knew right. Johnny was troubled, and we knew he needed, you know, it was things like, hey, can you buy me a cup of coffee? And one time he called us and said, hey, uh, I, I need some pants. Can you buy me some pants and bring me some pants? Someone stole my pants. They had oh, my wallet in it. You know, just like cr- crazy stuff like that. So I think you got this kind of needy guy, uh, but to an extreme. He's so extreme that the people in the city say, Whoa! You you don't need to be here in the city. You need to go out uh, into the countryside. And why is this? Because he's filled with demons, right? Yeah. Uh, he he's possessed by um, by these demons. Yeah, and another really interesting thing to me is when once he starts talking to Jesus, it, the demons before Jesus even says anything at this point, they're saying, "Please don't." Oh, well, I, I apologize. They he they already asked, "What is your name?" And then they said, "Well, please don't banish us into the abyss." Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's really interesting. This these demons know who Jesus is. Uh, in verse twenty eight, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Like, there's a confession of faith, right? Right. But this is the kind of faith uh, that's talked about elsewhere in the New Testament that the demons believe, right? And they shudder because of this belief. Like they know the truth about Jesus, um, but they don't accept that you know that lordship they were they reject it right? right they're 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 uh they're opposed to uh to the lord jesus um so he had command in verse 29 it says he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of him uh and then jesus and this is interesting jesus then asked him what is your name and he said legion for many demons had entered him and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Notice the the pronouns here, right? You see that shift there? Yeah, I've never recognized that until you just pointed it out. How, how interesting is that, right? Yeah. So Jesus is speaking to this man, this crazy man, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this, this, this broken man, this possessed man. What is your name? And he said, legion for many demons. And then the demons speak and says, and they begged him, not begged they being the demons legion begged Jesus not to command them to depart into the abyss why would the demons beg Jesus for this well they know he can yeah they know that he can send them into the abyss and they don't want to stop their their campaign of terror right they've terrorized this man they've made his life a living hell right, right. yeah 
they don't want to stop that reign of terror. They said, please, Jesus, don't send us back into the abyss. Don't send us back to the place where we're powerless to hinder your good work. Mm. You know, I, I think that's really interesting that the, the demons, they're, you know, they're not overpowering Jesus, trying to fight Jesus. They're cowering in fear. Yeah. of this of this god man this man who has the power to control them and to to banish them away cowering in fear of of him so what do they do they say don't don't send us away into the abyss into the abyss and so uh in verse 32 it says now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and they the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these and then there's this phrase here at the end of verse 32, which I just think is astounding. So Jesus gave them permission. The demons do not have the permission to leave this tormented man and go into these pigs until Jesus says so. Yeah. You know, um, Jesus is completely in control. Just as he was in control of the winds and the waves in the preceding passage, he's in control of the, of the demonic forces. Why on earth would Jesus prefer that this man be tormented by Jesus rather than the pigs? Right. Well, that that's what that's the question I, I kind of raise. Why why in in God's wisdom does he want this man or the demons to have to ask permission to be able to leave this man? Because they can't leave the man and go into the pigs until Jesus tells them that they can. Perhaps it was so that you and I might read this and know we we need not fear the demons. Right. You know, we need to fear the one who controls the demon. We need to fear the Lord Jesus and serve him, not to fear the demonic forces. Maybe it was so Luke could see this and and write this down. And so the apostles could say, No, I've seen Jesus cast the demons out. I know he can redeem the most vile of sinners, the most irredeemable of people, Jesus. I mean, here's a naked guy with, you know, slashing himself, you know, cutting himself, it seems, and and probably cutting himself just to feel something. Yeah. Uh, this this horrible uh you know, something that we might imagine to be like the worst kind of addict, mm. you know, uh, just like has, can't get their life together, is severely troubled. And what does Jesus do? He has mercy on this person and shows that even the worst, in, from our perspective, the worst of sinners is redeemable yeah. by just the very word of Jesus. It, it should help us to see the power of the gospel and the power of the Lord Jesus. There, there is nothing he does not control. The winds and the waves certainly obey him. The demons obey him. Uh, the, the, the devil, right, obeys him. Mm-hmm. Okay, you think about Job. Job, uh, the devil can't go and torment Job until, um, until the, he comes and asks permission and God gives him permission. I, I was reading a couple of months ago and a church member had, had told me um, something about the devil tempting him. And, 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 you know, and I said, hey, just remember the Lord won't let you be tempted beyond what you can, um, you can resist. You know, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And I was reading in a commentary that week uh, and uh, it was I can't remember the, the the comment now, but it said the devil cannot do so much as untie your shoes 
without God's permission. Yeah. And I read that and I texted that to this church member and he texted me back and he said, I'm still using a double knot, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> kind of funny. But I think that, I think that's true. I think we're so fearful of the devil sometimes, yeah. right? So fearful of, of the demon, like, you know, that the devil's really got something bad planned for us. But understanding, even if the devil does have something bad planned for us, that doesn't mean that Christ's plan isn't somehow greater. Yeah. Uh, it, it appears like this man went through this profound suffering, and I'm sure that he lied awake maybe every night and said, God, why? Mm-hmm. Why am I possessed and plagued by these demons? Why Why is this going on? Did the man know he was possessed, right? There's, there's all these questions we might have there, but I'm sure this troubled man said, why, why, why? It seems like there was a clear purpose for even something as terrible as demon possession, right, of this particular man. And in this case, it was so that Jesus could prove he was the Lord over even the demons. And it's not just a few demons, right? right. It's it, the, the name of the de- demons are legion, right? You know, this would have been a, uh, I can't remember the particular number, but it's a, a, a large amount of troops. You know, it's a large amount of infantry that's going to go and attack a particular people or a, a run into battle in some particular way. That's how many demons are in this man. And Jesus just says, go, get out, go it's into the, the pigs. Yeah. Uh, look at the power of the Lord Jesus here. All right. I have a really fun question here. Why do you think they wanted to go to pigs versus send me into this other guy or, you know, uh, just w- why pigs? I think, as I mentioned earlier, um, I think this is a, the, the garrison is a, a region of the Gentiles, right? So pigs are dirty animals to the Jews. Um, they are they're unclean animals. You're you're not to um, you're not to associate with the pigs, right? You're not to eat pigs. No bacon, no pork, right? That kind of stuff. Um, pigs are unclean animals, and so how fitting it would be for these demons to go into something that is that is unclean, uh, that is not uh, that is not permissible underneath the law. And so Jesus says, you know. He, he cleanses the man by sending these demons into that which is unclean. He, hmm. he makes this he makes this man clean by putting the demons into something that is unclean. And, and I think there's a beautiful picture of um, what Christ has done for us on the cross here, you know, that yeah. Jesus became unclean for us, to making us clean, taking our sin upon himself so that we might then sit in our right mind, having our, you know, our sin taken care of for himself. And what happened to the pigs, right? They ran off the side of the cliff and they died. And so Jesus taking our sin upon himself, becoming our sacrifice, the sacrifice for our sin, suffering in our place, he too suffered a death that was for a purpose, Right? What's the purpose of these pigs dying? I think it's to say that the demons, too, their ultimate doom, right? Their ultimate, their ultimate destruction, their demise is imminent. You know, so the, it's symbolic when the pigs rush off the cliff and die. So too, that's the demons' ultimate destiny. Right? They won't prevail. They mm-hmm. will lose the battle. It's not as if the legion goes to find reinforcements. They're going to lose before the Lord Jesus. But what happens after Jesus dies? You know. He's resurrected from the dead. What happens in Acts chapter 10? Peter sees a sheet fall down from heaven. And you know what's on that sheet? Pigs. Hmm. We can eat bacon, right? 
he says there's nothing that's unclean. Uh, you know that that's a little bit of a stretch there, but even noticing that in in what in the New Testament Jesus is making that which is unclean to be clean. It's starting here with this man by casting out the demons, but even Jesus is going to redeem the pigs wow. in a few short chapters to come in the book of Acts. So just a just a side note, you know, uh, because we're not under the Old Testament law, we can eat. You know, we can't enjoy that which uh, which the Old Testament would have said was unclean. The, the, you know, including uh, including the pigs here in this in this particular way. So why the pigs? I'm not entirely sure, uh, but I do think there there's some threads there we might be able to pull on and to say this might be some of the reason why Jesus allowed the demons to go into these pigs into these animals. That's a that's really neat. So really. When we're worshiping, we should be saying thank you for the bacon and the, <laughs> we, for the barbecue. I mean, in the mornings before the you mornings. <laughs> before you eat your bacon, you should say thank you, Lord, for the new covenant. There you the go. The new covenant in your blood that I can enjoy this bacon. Your new covenant that I can enjoy this pork. You know, uh, we should we should certainly certainly thank God for no, that. No, really though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but then the story's not done, though. Uh, no. there, there's still more texts here to look at. So, the herdsmen come along in verse 34. Now, if James, if you were a herdsman of pigs, yeah, what would you do if you saw all your pigs run off the side of the cliff? I would definitely not be a happy camper. Yeah. Yeah. Or happy herdsman. Happy herdsman. <laughs> um, what, what happens here? So, verse 34, the herdsmen saw what happened, and they fled and told it in the city and in the country. And when the people went out to see what had happened, they came to Jesus, and what did they find? They found the man from whom the demon had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Mm-hmm. I- I'm reminded here, some people might say, well, that's really uh, not that kind of Jesus. That's really inconsiderate of Jesus to kill this farmer's pigs. Like, this is probably his livelihood. You know, this farmer probably makes his money off of raising these pigs and selling them, and they might try to attribute some measure of sin to Jesus because of this, like, you know, not not taking care of someone else's property. And to that, I would just say, um, God clothes the flowers of the field, and God feeds the birds of the air, but Jesus says, how much more of value are you than they? Mm-hmm. How much more valuable is this man than those pigs? You know, um, how, you know, how many human lives are worth sacrificing to yield a cash crop, you know, or to yield a, a you know, cash from selling these pigs? I would say zero, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's not worth a human life to make some money, right? Uh, and so, in, in this kind of context, the the, uh, the 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 pigs dying, I think, you know, that might, might be a little bit, um, a little bit, a little bit of a sacrifice to understand what it might take to love our neighbor. You know, it might take, you know, because clearly these people were neighbors. You know, they lived in the same city, the same uh, the same demographic area. The demons are gone. Hallelujah. Like, don't worry about the pigs. There's a man who was living in hell and is now no longer there. Right. right? He's now living and clothed and in his right mind. Uh, The man has been healed. Um, So then verse 37, all the people of the surrounding country, of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them before they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and he left. I mean, what in the world? You know, here's a guy who just worked miracle upon miracle, who just whooped a thousand demons with the word of his mouth, and the people are afraid. Yeah. And they say, No, Jesus, we can't, we don't know what to do with you. We don't, you're too powerful for us. Maybe, maybe you're disrupting our way of life, mm-hmm. you know? We had all these nice pigs. 
they would have yielded us some money, and now they're gone. So, Jesus, you need to go too. Perhaps they're saying we rather have the pigs than to have the Lord Jesus cast out all of the demons. And and maybe look in our own lives. Uh, it's not pigs in our life, I'm sure. We, none of us are none of us are concerned about keeping our pigs. But maybe there are some things in our lives that we would rather have than to have Jesus come and make us clean. Yeah. Maybe there's some sin we're hanging on to. We'd rather have our lifestyle or our financial uh, inclinations or whatever they might be, our you know our five year plan, mm-hmm. rather than have the Lord Jesus. That's what it seems like here. They were so afraid, uh, they had to ask Jesus to leave from them. Um, but I, but I think it's interesting here to notice uh, in verse 37, it says they were seized with great fear. But in verse 25 of the same chapter of the disciples, it says, and they were afraid. Mm-hmm. There's a consistent, as Jesus works these miracles, these people fear. They're, they're afraid. They're trembling at the Lord Jesus. But notice what happens with the man. Uh, the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. Saying, Jesus, take me with you. Jesus, take me with you. Uh, yeah, I've I've lived through hell, and now I only want to be at the right hand of the Savior. I only want to be with you. And what does Jesus tell say to the man? No, yeah. you can't come with me. You need to stay here and tell the people how much I've done for you, how much the Lord has done for you. And what does the man do? He went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. What a what a testimony of the way the Christian life should be proclaimed, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this the demoniac's testimony is all of our testimonies. Surely not all of us have been possessed by a thousand demons, but we've all if we've come to Christ, we've all had the the cleansing power of the Lord Jesus. He's spoken life into our hearts by his word and and given us the faith to believe in the gospel, right? He he has graced us with these things and we we are like this demoniac. We should be going to the city to tell the world how much the Lord has done for us. And maybe that's why he leaves us here, just as he left this man here in the Gerasenes. Knowing that um, this man would live his whole life, and then he would one day be united with the Lord in his death. So we too, we will one day be with the Lord. Um, but while we are waiting for that day, we are to proclaim how much Jesus had done for him. And the town could see this transformed life, this transformation happen. Here's a man who was naked, who was living in the tombs, who was cutting himself. Now he's sane and in his right mind. He's he's a member. He's welcomed back in as a member of the city and of the community. It's a beautiful story of restoration here. Um, And the, the beautiful thing about here is that it mirrors and it pictures the gospel for us as God's people. That is, that's very, I, I've read this story, I've known this story, I mean, I've been in church since I was a baby, and I, I just to be completely frank, um, never heard it put that way, how that it does come back to the way that we live. I've always heard it more of a way of how that um, everybody else can be saved, you know, uh, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, like, oh, well, we're already in the church, we're, I feel, I feel like a lot of the times we feel like we are the, the village people. Yeah. Um, but in the, in a sense, <clears throat> at some point we were the demon possessed. And, yeah. uh, when we see ourselves in those shoes, it's easier to not drive Jesus out because mm. when you are the village person, it's, you're comfortable and you've gotten used to the fact that that evil is there, but I don't have to worry about it because I've already pushed it out there. Yeah. Um, it, I, and it, I'm comfortable. Yeah. But then when he disrupts us, man, that's really good. I really appreciate you bringing that out. Yeah, and uh, 
yeah, I, th I think it's good for us just to consider, um, you know, um, the the townspeople. You know, we 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 like to identify ourselves with particular people in the story, and our tendency is always to pick the good guys. <laughs> you of know, course. we want to pick the we want to pick the. No one wants to be identified as the crazy person. Uh, living in the tomb, and I think that's the that's the deceitfulness of sin. But who's the only person that's saved in this story? You yeah, know? it's not the townspeople. No, the townspeople ask Jesus to go away. It's not the demons. You know, they they meet their demise running off the edge of the cliff. It's only the demoniac who's who's saved in this yeah. story. And so, if we identify with the demoniac, we are in good company here. Uh, we are with the one who knows the Lord Jesus and who Jesus commands and who Jesus uses here and who is obedient to Jesus. Um, so a story of redemption, a story of restoration. Yeah. And I, when he asked, when the, when the man who had, was possessed, he asked Jesus, can I stay with you basically? And I, I really believe when, when he told him no and told him to go back and, and uh, to tell everyone of what all God had done, I feel like when the guy was asking him that, he was probably asking out of fear of like, okay, mm -hmm. well, how to know this? They're not going to come back. You know, how do I know that this isn't going to happen again? So if I stay with you, if I hook up with you, then I know that you can drive them out. And I really feel like when he was telling them, telling him, no, I want you to go, that guy, I feel like walked away uh, almost with his chest puffed going, you know what? These guys have no control over me. Mm. They can't have dominion over me yeah. anymore because he's already paid That's the right. price. Yeah. And so, again... So you can step back into the town, not with fear, but with confidence, right? It. Man, if, I, if this guy can whoop a thousand demons, right, with his voice, then surely I can take, you know, the, the scorn of the townspeople. Then surely I can yeah. take on the being despised by, you know, my, my, my family, maybe, for following this this man, Jesus. And so can we too. If we serve a savior who can whoop a thousand demons, then surely he can sustain us in the day of trouble. Whatever our trouble might be that we're facing, we should serve him. We should serve this Jesus. We should fall before his face and say, Lord, you are the Lord and I want to honor you with my life. Let me do that which pleases you. Use me for your glory. That's what we see in this picture. Uh, um, if this man had never been possessed by demons, right? We might ask the question, why did Jesus allow this to happen? If this man had never been possessed by demons, he would have never experienced this kind of freedom, mm. and likely his ministry would have never been as significant as it was. Spoiler alert, in Acts, we see the disciples and the apostles come to this very region, and what do they find when they come to this very region? They find that there are already people there who believe in the Lord Jesus. This man's, and I, I believe it's this man's witness right. and this man's testimony that leads to when the apostles get to this particular geographical region, the work's already been done. Uh, they already believe in the Lord Jesus. The gospel's already gotten to this place. Man, how exciting is that, that we can be a part of that story? Right. Yeah, how amazing. Well, I appreciate you bringing out this part of Luke 3. There's so much in Luke 3. Luke 8. Um, Luke 8. Yeah. I'm sorry. We did Luke 3 last time. Luke 8, there's so much in it, um, but I'm, I'm glad this is the one you brought out. There's, uh, And again, the way that you brought this out uh, is different than any way I've ever heard it. So I know I've enjoyed our time here today, mm -hmm. and I hope that you've enjoyed it as our listeners. Um, 
if you ever have any questions or you have anything, make sure and uh, comment and ask below so that we can always uh, let you know on the next one. Who yep. checks that make sure and sees if we have comments? Does, do you check that? Yeah, sometimes. Because I know I don't. You don't so. check that? No, I, I don't. So James will check that. <laughs> I thought or, you were checking Or it. you can send James an email at James... It's james.pivahouse at creeksidefellowshiptn.org. Could we have any longer of an email address? I don't think so. I don't think yeah. it's possible. But you can send James an email. You can just you can just give him a compliment if you want, or you can uh, ask a question for the show, and I'm sure he'd be delighted to answer any that. Any pat on the back on I can get. That's what I need. Yeah. That's good. James, well, it's been good to talk today. Yeah, I've really uh, enjoyed our time today. We'll see you next time right here on the Creekside Podcast. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast today. I know there's a ton of things you could have spent your time listening to, but James and I are grateful that you spent some time hanging out with us. If you'd like to learn more about Creekside Fellowship, you can go to our website at creeksidefellowshiptn.com. Uh, you can find our contact info there. If you've uh, enjoyed listening to the podcast, you can rate and review and subscribe and all that fun stuff. And if you have any questions for us, you can email us at info at creeksidefellowshiptn.org. That's all on our website. You can also connect with us on social media. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today. Hope you'll tune in next time.